Hi there. This is Cheryl Richardson. And uh, I'm going to see if this time it works. <laughs> um, anyway, hi. How are you? I'm uh, here for Facebook Live after a couple of weeks. I'm glad to be here and glad to um, join you on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. It's a beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in the Northeast of Massachusetts. Hi, Teresa, welcome. It's, uh, while I was away in Ireland, I understand that it was very hot and humid here the whole time, and I'm really grateful to be back and to have the weather be um, warm, but not too warm and sunny and not humid. <laughs> very grateful for that. Hi, Terry, thanks, I'm glad you're here. And Lisa and Joel, welcome, and Julie, hi. Hi, Diana and Dawn. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad, I'm glad you like waking up in winter, Dawn. That's great. You just started it. And Alexandra, thank you. Welcome back, she says. And I'm very glad to, um, to be back. Hi, Julie. Julie says, I'm so excited to come to Maine. I'm assuming you mean the self-care retreat. And then I'm excited to see you. I'm glad. The, um, the retreat's doing really well. As I said in the newsletter, it's, it's, half of it is already sold out and we haven't even started marketing it. And um, so if you want to join us, be sure to check out, uh, go to CherylRichardson.com and you'll see, you can read all about it and I'll post a link here as well. Um, I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to be with you and to talk with you tonight and to answer some of your questions and to offer you some live coaching like I typically do during these Facebook lives. I am just back from Ireland and um, I don't even know how to begin <laughs> saying, um, I guess tonight's topic I think is gonna be about travel, wildness, and um, what it means to visit the land of your ancestors. And then, uh, so I'll say a little bit about that, I think. I think that's what I'm gonna talk about. I never know for sure. And then we will, um, I'll get to your questions and coaching. So Ireland, I was there for 10 days. I've always wanted to go to Ireland. Um, a lot of my family uh, ancestry is from Ireland. My dad was all Irish. My mom is half Irish, half Italian. And uh, so in the Cork area and Galway area is where, and Waterford are the sort of counties, the areas where um, my family is from. And it was really, quite special to be there. I'll say that if you've ever dreamt of going to Ireland, and I've wanted to go for many, many years, um, it's so worth it to go. From the day we were there to the day we left, I would say that it was just an amazing experience. So much beauty. The land is incredible. The people are so warm and so funny and welcoming and um, just familiar. <clears throat> I don't know if it's because I'm Irish or because that's just how it is for everybody. Um, the food was amazing. The pub food, especially home, home cooked, just delicious, clean, fresh. And the land, I mean, just Connemara National Park, uh, Glendalough, uh, you know, these beautiful forests and ancient trees and, um, the burren with its limestone rock. And it just was, it's a really magical place. And it was magical the whole time. And 
I understand there's a kind of elemental energy in Ireland that if, I mean, I don't even think, I was going to say, if you're open to it, you'll experience it. But the beauty of Ireland is I don't even think you have to be open to it and you'll experience it. So it was, um, it was really special. And I want to go back. I look forward to going back. And as I said in my newsletter this week, I want to host a retreat there or a weekend workshop or something. Um, I definitely want to go back and um, just sort of establish some, some kind of, I don't know, some kind of psychic roots there where I can get to know the place and the people and, um, uh, and, 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 you know, interact with some of, some of you who have been following me from there. Um, I would love that. And I know it's so much more accessible to come to Ireland from England and Scotland than it is to come over here. So it might be a nice way to bridge both places. So I can't say enough about going. And if you didn't see the photos from my trip, please um, scroll down or go to Coach on Call at Instagram. That's my username over there. I posted lots of pictures, lots of different experiences, abbeys and ruins and cathedrals and flowers and countryside and animals, sheep and cows. And it's just it's everything I love. And there is a wildness to the land in um, Ireland, uh, a wildness to the places that we visited. There's a way in which, and this is, I guess, part of what I want to talk about. There's a way in which uh, a friend of mine said the land is animated there. And I thought that's such a beautiful way of, um, beautiful way of expressing it. Um, it feels like the land in Ireland is animated with some kind of special energy, a kind of force or power. Um, every place I went, every time I was outside, I felt that way. And, um, and when we are in the presence of that kind of energy, and sometimes especially when it's visiting a new place, whether it's a new country or a new town near you or um, a new state that you might travel to, um, a new experience you might have, there's a way in which it changes us and it unleashes unexpressed parts of us. And, and I found that in Ireland, being in nature, hiking, uh, walking through the woods, walking through the forests over there, looking at old ancient trees, um, uh, the animals, the birds, all of that, there's a way in which uh, there was a kind of I still can't even quite articulate it, but there's a kind of um, energy uh, that there's a kind of wild energy within me. Well, let me just say this. So this is going to go into the other part of the topic, which is we're so deep, deeply impacted by nature and we're also impacted by our history, whether you realize it or not. And being in Ireland helped me to understand my father, my mother, my family, the family dynamics I grew up in. And the kind of ancestry, the psychological influence of um, my ancestry in a way that I certainly didn't expect and um, felt very, very much influenced by. There is a, a beautiful wildness about the Irish people, like a, um, like a rebelliousness or a kind of maverick nature I found in the people, I don't want to say that about all Irish people because that's stupid. I don't know all Irish people, but there was the people that I did meet and interact with. There was a kind of 
boldness and um, authenticity that that I really, really appreciated and um, and a commitment to truth and a commitment to what's real that I appreciated so much. And, um, and I felt like it awakened those energies inside of me as well. And so I came home less able to hold pretense, more committed than ever to um, my experience of nature, being in nature, more appreciating what I love about animals and birds and walking in the forest and water and all of that sort of stuff, my yard and the, the animals. It's interesting to me, no coincidence, if you are not on um, Instagram, I'll try and remember to post it on Facebook. When I came home a couple of days after I was home, this giant great horned owl showed up in my yard, up in a tree. I've never seen one I've never seen one on my property. I know they're here, um, excuse me, but I've never seen one during the day. I hear them all the time at night, but I never saw one. And there it sat for like a good hour and a half up in a tree. It was just stunning. And I thought, you know, there is an energy that was, uh, that I experienced and that was kind of released in me that I'm sure called that owl to me. And um, and I'll be curious to see what other kinds of animals. Hummingbirds have been all over the place the last couple of days, more hummingbirds than I've ever seen here on the property. So there's a way in which when we understand, I think especially when we go back to our homeland, there's a way in which it awakens something ancient and true and important in us. And, um, you know, we're influenced, as I said, we're influenced by our ancestry in ways that we're often not conscious of. And when suddenly you find yourself immersed, finding myself immersed in that energy of my ancestry helped me to see myself. It kind of mirrored parts of me that, um, that, I, that I hadn't been mirrored before. And um, I'm grateful for that. A lot of times, you know, I've worked with clients for many, many years, especially doing the tapping therapy, where we've looked at the places where they've been stuck and how it relates to their history and their ancestry. In other words, how your father's um, fear about what, let's just say, how your father's fear about, how you might carry your father's fear about money, or how you might carry your mother's insecurity about her worth, or how you might carry your grandparents' reaction to the depression um, uh, or their depression, <laughs> their anxiety. Like not only do we carry some of the genetic predisposition, but energetically and psychically, we carry the, um, the predisposition. We have a predisposition to the ancestors of the people that came before us. And when we're healing, when we're trying to get unstuck, it's really important to not only uh, look at in present day, what are the beliefs that I'm holding? What, what's, what kind of present day history for me is influencing my stuckness? What's causing, what are the obstacles to me moving forward? But it's also important for us to look at what are the historical obstacles? What are the beliefs that my family held? My mother, my father, my grandmother, my grandfather, their ancestors. What beliefs did they hold? What beliefs might have been formed for them based on the history they grew up in. 
and um, and how does that how do those ancestral beliefs how do you still carry them today in your life it's something really worth looking at you can certainly by talking to your parents if they're still alive talking to grandparents getting a sense of the messages that they received like I remember my mom when I was writing stand up for your life I was very fortunate to have um, a luncheon with my mother and her brothers and sisters and I was talking to them about, you know, what are some of the beliefs you grew up with that prevented you from taking a stand for yourself? And I remember them all saying that they grew up with um, parents that were really, really concerned about what other people thought. So they always had to kind of manage their behaviors and their choices and decisions based on what other people thought. And, um, you know, I had been doing that all my life. And so it helped me to understand that that wasn't only just my personal history that was causing me to do that. But it was ancestral history. I was just carrying on the psychological lineage. And um, it's important for us to look at how we do that as a pathway towards healing and getting unstuck and unhooking ourselves from some of those, um, those old messages. So when I talk about wildness, for myself, I'll just say that if you're always so worried about what other people think or managing the perception of others. There are wild energies within you that are going to have a hard time being expressed. There are ways in which I, I don't know, I can't even think of examples because I'm still processing it, but there are ways in which um, my own um, deep passion for nature and animals and uh, the earth and um, uh, the tr you know just just the truth about that or, or the influence of that um, needs to be expressed more fully and more passionately in my life and here's another example for me I came back from Ireland with such a deep commitment to uh, cultivating the presence of beauty in my life every day like today in the middle of a day I had a busy day catching up I'm catching up in my office I had some uh, client calls that I was doing some different things I needed to respond to. But in the middle of the day, I thought, no, nope, I'm going out for a walk and I'm going for a walk in this particular part of my neighborhood where I'll see lots of trees and lots of birds and lots of animals. And um, because I am committed to being exposed to the beauty of nature and, um, and things like, you know, teacups, you know, this beautiful little teacup that was given to me as a gift by my husband from, um, he had it sent over from Fortnum and Masons in, in uh, London because I love some of the, you know, the china that the teacups that they have over there. Drinking tea out of that instead of a kind of boring mug because it's beautiful. And um, using perfume that I got at the Burren Perfumery in Ireland, which is just like a magical, magical place. Some of you might be familiar with it. Um, using that as a way to kind of keep the beauty of senses uh, available to me. Like, so there's a wildness in beauty. There is a wildness in this notion that beauty is a powerful healing force that we need to be exposed to on a regular basis. And, um, and it's a wildness that I choose to express more and a kind of rebellious nature that I choose to express more. And that, was an energy that felt released from my trip to Ireland. And so I wonder about what kind of energies in you that you may be conscious of want to be expressed more? What kind of wildness 
in you wants to be expressed. I'd be curious to hear. Feel free to put it in the comment section. I'll read them as I start to go through taking your questions. You know, what is it that you want to express more of in your life? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of beauty, I want to tell you about... Um, so, you know, pretty much every week I get people who will send me things, books, manuscripts, um, all kinds of things that um, they would like for me to look at or to maybe endorse or to quote for. And, you know, I, honestly, I, I wish, I love supporting people. I got a lot of support in my career as an early writer, you know, growing up as a writer. And so I really like to support people and I wish I could read everything, but I can't. But what I do is, I pay attention to the things that speak to me and I grab them. And so here I am making this commitment to uh, bringing more beauty into my life. And I pay attention to what the universe does. Because when we make a commitment like that, when we say, okay, here's a wild energy that wants to be expressed and I'm making a commitment to let that be expressed more in my life, you will find evidence of that showing up. And so today I start going through my mail and I open up... Um, this package and in it is this book now I don't know the author and I don't know the publisher but I have to say I was really blown away so this it's called the illustrated herbiary by I think it's Maya I think that's how you pronounce it Maya Toll if any of you know her let her know about this um, the illustrated herbiary guidance and rituals 36 bewitching botanicals so this book, it's a hardcover book, and it's really, it's, it's beautiful. But here's what's awesome about it. It has the most amazing illustrations in it. Like, really, so it has um, 36 different herbs. Um, elderberry, uh, comfrey, um, uh, I want to make sure, let's see, reishi, reishi mushrooms. So different sort of plants and herbs in it with illustrations for each. And, um, and then in the back, I mean, look at this awesome owl. Can you see that? There we go. Just, just, it's so well done. It's high quality. And then in the back of the book, it has this envelope. And when you open the envelope up, let me see. When you open the envelope up, inside are um, 36 cards. Let me see if I can pull this up. 36 cards. So it's beautiful on the back. I love the back of the cards. And then on the front, it has the illustrations from, um, from the book. And you can break them up into cards. It's a card deck, 36 cards. And you can pull a card, you get a particular herb, and you look it up, and you read the message that it has. The writing is very... Anyway, I just want to say that Maya Toll, I don't know who you are, but you did a really, really wonderful job on this thing. And I am so looking forward. I started reading it today, and I loved the writing. Every single chapter tells you, like, here's Daisy. And it tells you a little bit about the message of Daisy. And then when you turn the page, it has, so the message is be kind to yourself. The reflection is move toward your truth. And it tells you what the Daisy means. And specifically, um, what you might want to do to bring more of that energy into your life. And it's, I don't know, I loved it. You know, I love nature, as you know, and I love plants. And I love how beautiful this book is and how the pages, just the whole thing is just, it's like, a, it's like an adult children's book. And it's just awesome. And so I wanted to share that with you. I'll put a link to it. 
this is going to be um, one of my go-to gifts for um, the holidays for sure because it's a gift of beauty. And I think it's a very cool way to talk, to learn about herbs and to um, teach people about themselves. So brava, Maya Toll. <laughs> I hope that's how I say your name. Brava, you did a really wonderful job with this book. And um, I think it's gorgeous. So, okay. Let's get to, um, let's get to your questions, shall we? Let's see here. Um, yeah, so Dawn wants to know, will you buy a home in Ireland? One of the pictures I posted on Instagram was this amazing little cottage. It was really, it was like a stone building that was pretty much falling apart. But Michael and I drove by it. I forget where it was. It was coming out of, I think it was in the Burren somewhere or south of the Burren. And um, it was just a beautiful place in the middle of this greenery. You can see a picture on Instagram and, uh, oh, and on, on Facebook. If you look below, you'll see it. And I said to Michael, God, wouldn't it be awesome to buy a place, fix it up, make it a writing sanctuary, and also make it a place where I could invite people to come for workshops. And um, he loved the idea too, which is pretty good. So I'm holding, I'm, I'm, I'm holding that as a possibility for sure. We shall see. My fingers are crossed. If you have good property in Ireland, let me know. <laughs> um, Yes, Diane says, love the lack of fencing and the ability to openly walk. Seems so open and wide when I was there. It's true and so green, absolutely. Um, so let's see. Hi, Tammy from Australia. Um, oh, Kit says, through DNA testing, I found out I'm 85% Irish. Want to see where my ancestors came from. Loved your pics. Thank you. I'm glad you did, Kit. And um, I did the DNA testing too and found out that. Um, that I was, uh, uh, I think it's 65% Irish and um, Iberian and um, Italian, of course. It was, it's interesting to do the DNA testing, isn't it? Really interesting. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, so let, yes, so Ron wants to know, did I ever research ancestry.com? Uh, no, but what I did was um, Michael and I hired this amazing woman, her name is Megan Smolenyak, who was a genealogist who, um, she was, I believe, one of the experts used by the PBS show, um, Who Do You Think You Are? I'm pretty sure that was the show. And um, she did, for my father's 80th birthday, we gave him the gift of a genealogy book. It, it was, it's, a, it's an expensive gift. I mean, she did extensive uh, research about both my mom and my dad for my mother's 80th birthday, we did the same thing. So I had all of the genealogy that was available for, um, you know, in the Irish um, and my mother's side prior to like the eight, early 1800s, they were Catholic and there weren't a lot of records. So um, we went back as far as we could. And I did follow the genealogy over there, Ron. It was really awesome. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, Candace says, thank you, Cheryl. This is very valuable. The ancestral lineage, lineage obstacles and decisions, really important. Um, I remember a woman I was working with who, a Jewish woman who was kept reaching a certain level of success in her business. And then everything would fall apart at a certain, she couldn't get beyond a certain point. And in doing some coaching together and some tapping, what we discovered was she had relatives that had been a part of the um, 
uh, Nazi Germany and the concentration camps had been, you know, murdered in the concentration camps. And there was this very strong message that it was unsafe to be seen and unsafe to be successful, to be present. And boy, I'll tell you, we did some tapping and some work around that, that lineage, that ancestral um, psychic messages that really just completely opened things up for her in a significant way. That was one of the first times I really learned about the power of tapping and the importance of including our, the ancestral messages and lineage um, information into my work as a coach. Really, it's important. It's just, it's key. So anyway, let's see. Hey, Jerry, nice to see you. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, and so Julie says, I crave fun and laughter and just letting loose, like back in our day when we would go out dancing. So there's a great example of energy that wants to be released and expressed. And Julie, if I were you, I would find a place to go dancing ASAP. I don't even care if you go by yourself. Just find a place where you can go um, and move your body unselfconsciously and let that energy come out. It'll be, it'll be awesome, I'm telling you. Um, it doesn't matter if you're good at it. She says, nobody dances anymore. I'm not good at it. Actually, people do dance. But in your life, if you're not dancing, you're not going to see a lot of people who are dancing. And then you're going to make decisions about that that just aren't true. They're just stories in your head. I know plenty of people that are dancing all the time. Okay. Um, yes, Diane, forest bathing, good idea. Um, Jess says, I want to be able to express myself in a book without fear of being too personal. Well, in the beginning, as a writer, you need to write everything you want to write. You put everything down on paper. You don't have to worry about being too personal. You don't have to worry about what you should share, what you shouldn't share. Editors will help you with that. And you can hire your own editor to help you with that. An experienced editor will know when there's too much information, if it's too personal, if it's not relevant. But in the beginning, as a writer, you must release the stories, the examples, the wisdom that wants to be told without any kind of um, uh, censorship, personal censorship at all. So I would say, Jess, go for it. Go for it, woman. All right. Um, yes, okay, Jackie. Yay for gardening and teaching others to connect with nature. That's profound, sacred work. Um, okay, let's see. Um, yeah, so Cindy says, what I want to express more of in my life is in line with you, nature, animals, birds, beauty in all forms, growing herbs and learning more about them and essential oils. That book is gorgeous. It is, Cindy, you will love it. I also want to express my feelings through art and not worry about what people will think of me. The only way to not worry about what people will think of you is to put your art out in the world and deal with the people who think things you don't like. I mean, I've written seven books. Go on Amazon, look at my negative reviews. <laughs> There's a first for an author, right? Go look at my negative reviews. In the beginning, they were soul crushing and really hard, but it didn't stop me from writing. And it didn't stop me from making my art. Um, and by my seventh book, you know, Waking Up in Winter is a memoir. It's a journal. And there's a lot of people who are like, you're crazy. You're a self-help writer. You should write self-help books. 
this isn't a good idea. But it was the art that I wanted to create. It was the art that I wanted to bring to the world. And I knew that there were some people that weren't going to appreciate it. And there are some people who don't appreciate it, but there's a whole bunch of people who do. And um, there's a whole bunch of people who, Cindy, will appreciate your art. And the only way you're going to learn how to just deal with the reaction of people who don't is to just face that reaction and watch yourself get strong enough to move through it. And you will. Today, if I get a negative review on Amazon or somebody writes something, yeah, it bothers me. And you know what? I hope it always bothers me. I want to be sensitive. I want to care about people. I want my heart to be open. But the amount of time it takes for me to recover is this short compared to what it used to be. Up, oh, negative review. Up, oh, they didn't like it. Up, oh, ooh, that feels horrible. On to the next thing. That's about the, that's about the time frame. So it gets better, Cindy. Um, you will worry about what other people think. But it's how you deal with that that matters. Then you'll get over it. You'll be okay. All right. Um, let me see. I'm going to scroll down. Um, oh, Belinda wants to know, did you and Michael travel on your own in Ireland or did you take a tour? Michael and I went with four other friends and we had a driver with a, a, who was a tour guide because we did not want to drive in a, in a foreign country uh, on the other side of the road. And so we all chipped in together. and. Um, paid for a driver to take us and teach us the his he stayed with us for the seven days so that's how we did it and it was awesome and, and i have a great great guide if anybody needs one email me and i will um i'll share his name with you because he was awesome and i'd love to support him in any way i can um yes sally go to cork it's a great place maybe we're related <laughs> um let's see Okay, so Kat says, what's your best advice for someone who's getting ready to launch a coaching business? The coaching is based on authentic living. Thank you. Okay. My best advice is to make a list of 25 people that you feel you could really make a difference with in your life, in their lives. Offer to coach them for free for 90 days. Tell them that the three things they have to agree to are they have to show up for the call and be on time as if they were paying thousands of dollars. They have to work their butt off, take action consistently to achieve the things they want to achieve as they're working with you. And then if it's helpful to them and it makes a difference in their lives to please let other people know about it. That's how I'd start, Kat. That's how I started. That was the advice my coach gave me in the very beginning and it really worked beautifully. So anyway, good luck to you with that. Um, <clears throat> yes. Uh, family constellation work deals with ancestral patterns. Um, big fan of um, family constellation work, which is about, um, there are some people who, for example, create workshops where you can recreate different family dynamics, family situations with a group of people to re-experience things, to kind of see, to re-experience different scenarios in your family or in your ancestry. Um, in real time so that you can see more clearly what your reactions are, you know, where your reactions are based and what healing needs to be done. And oftentimes some powerful healing happens as a result of doing that. I've done that over the years. Um, we didn't call it um, constellation work years ago when I did it, but it was, but it, that's what it was. So um, 
Yeah, Candace, if you have Native American as your history, you absolutely want to look at the your ancestry around that. It's going to have a powerful impact on um, all that you do, without a doubt. Um, Tamara, thank you. Um, anybody who has great movies related to Ireland, she has a suggest Dare to be Wild about an Irish woman, Mary Reynolds. Um, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see that. And I'm going to find it and probably watch it tonight, Tamara. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah. And ordering a piece of art that you think is beautiful, great idea. Even if it's impractical, if you can afford it, go for it. Um, yeah. Thank you, Lisa. I'm glad you liked waking up in winter. Thank you, Julie. Thank you all. You know, you're so, see, you know what I have to say as a, as a writer, it's really helpful to hear that. I mean, that's why I always say to people, if you liked waking up in winter, or if you liked one of my books or you like somebody's book, it's wonderful to put a review on Amazon, even if it's one line for a couple of reasons. First of all, it encourages other people to check it out. Um, but the authors are always reading them. And I love like it helps me to know, okay, this kind of book did resonate with people. I mean, I get emails and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and it's wonderful to hear it here. Thank you, Lori, for saying that. And um, thank you, Julie, <clears throat> excuse me, and Lisa. I really appreciate that a lot. It's good to know. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, So now I'm just looking for questions. Oh, thanks, John. Or Katrina. Katrina. I know I always think it's John, but it's Katrina. I know who you are. Thank you. Um, okay. It is, this is a beautiful community. Um, okay. So if you have any questions, otherwise I'll wrap up. I'm just looking back to see. Um, Yeah, okay, so here, okay, Kathy, with creating your own coaching program, do you think that it's essential to be certified first or to offer the coaching to 25 people before you're certified or take training? I've been coached by others and know what I've created will be transformational as it's transforming my own life. I think it is important. There's a certain amount of training. I think you actually... Um, I had training as I began to coach. I was coaching at, while I was in training. And there are certain things you actually do need to know about working with people. There's a lot of people um, I've come across who have been coached by people without training who didn't have a good experience because the people didn't have a level of professionalism that, that you really ought to have. So I think it's great that you've been coached. That actually is a form of training. I feel like I learned a lot about being coached and that was the very beginning of my training as a coach was being a client of a coach and having the experience of what it was like to be, uh, be coached and to do the work that I needed to work, you know, that I needed to do to get where I wanted to go. Um, do I think you need to be certified before you start coaching? Definitely not. I always recommend moving towards certification because I'm, I'm a leader in the field and what I say impacts people. People pay attention to what I say and I want to be a voice for professional coaching, um, really high level, great coaching that has a powerful impact on people's lives. And so working towards being certified is my way of saying it gives me an idea as a client of how much experience you have and how committed you are. And 
how psychologically savvy you are. There's people doing coaching that really should be in therapy. Um, you know, and there are people doing coaching, calling it coaching, who are doing therapy that shouldn't be doing that. So I've learned a lot by being coached, by being in therapy, and by being trained. And my coach training was a three-year program. And, um, and I still continue, constantly continue to learn and grow so that I bring more and more to my coaching you know, experience when I'm working with people. So I hope that's helpful, Kathy. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, Alexandra wants to know where I got my teacup from. Yeah, this is Fortnum and Mason's in, um, in it's one of, my, one of my teacups, Fortnum and Mason's in London. You can order it online. Um, let's see. Nancy wants to know, what's the best book to start reading from me? It really depends on what's going on in your life. If you go to CherylRichardson.com and you look at my books, you can read the introductions for free. And what I would say, Nancy, is, and you could probably do that on Amazon, I would say that um, read the introductions and the right book will speak to you. If you are struggling with your outer life and you feel like you need more time for yourself, take time for your life is a good one. If you're struggling with confidence and courage, stand up for your life is a good one. Um, if you want to cultivate a spiritual life and um, nurture your spiritual well-being and cultivate a belief in a power greater than you, can you hear my birds out there? <laughs> um, the unmistakable touch of grace will really help lead you to the belief that there's a power greater than you that's supporting you in your life, whether you believe it or not. The art of extreme self-care will give you practical things to do to take better care of yourself. And waking up in winter will help you to understand what it means to take the hero's journey and to be at a transition point in your life where you're not sure what's next, but you know that you can't keep living the way that you're living. And um, it will teach you about the value of staying in limbo longer than feels comfortable and really cultivating an appreciation for the things that really matter in life. Like just, cultivating your own life for the things that, you know, for the things that really matter to you. Um, and it's just, it's my, it's how I live a conscious life. And that's what it's, it's my way of saying, this is how I do it. Let's see if any of this is helpful to you too, or at the very least know that you're not alone, that we all struggle and we all question things and we all, you know, get confused. And there's a way to figure it out. There's a way to understand yourself and your life and to live more consciously and more authentically. And that's what I try to demonstrate. Um, anyway, let's see. Um, let's see. Thank you so much. Oh, good, Jess. Awesome. Right. Um, so Dawn says, I beat myself up if people don't interact as much with my blog and Facebook writer page. How do you keep from being discouraged? It's interesting, Dawn. Um, it's that fine line, right? If you're a business owner or somebody who's writing for the public, you want people to read your stuff and you want, want to feel like people are engaged. But you know, Facebook and social media is only one way. I'll tell you, here's a really important thing I'll say to you, Dawn, an important lesson I learned. <coughs> Excuse me. I communicate on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter, but I don't let them rule my life. And I know that the percentage of people I reach here on Facebook is minute compared to the people that I reach 
every week when I send out my newsletter. I've got, you know, a, a newsletter list that I've cultivated over the years. And there's different people that I reach on Instagram. But here's what I've learned. In the last two months, I've had a, um, a giveaway list, a, 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 um, a gift giveaway list that I've cultivated for several years now where people, you can go to my website and find it. If you search for the giveaway or gift giveaway, you'll find it. And every week I pick somebody's name from that list at random, somebody from any place in the world, and I send them a gift. As some of you know, when I was clearing clutter from my house, um, I found boxes of old cassette tapes, brand new cassette tapes, CDs, and um, videotapes of product that I had. And when I put out in the newsletter, this is why it's important to be subscribed to my newsletter, because that's where I communicate first and foremost. Um, I put out, I ask people, hey, if you still listen to cassettes, if you still watch videos, send me an email. And I told them where to send it. And I am going to send gifts to people. Doesn't matter where you're from. And I had big boxes of product. And my assistant, Lisa, and I together worked. And I hand wrote cards for every single person, put in a grace card or a self-care card, and took one of the products, depending on what they had, if they had a VCR or a cassette player. And I sent gifts all over the world. We probably sent out 100 products so far. And I still do it every week. And I have to tell you, Don, that felt so good knowing that um, I was touching people in that way. I felt I became much less preoccupied. Like it just taught me something about we can reach people in our own backyard and it's less about how many likes you get or how many fans you have or how many people interact and more about that one individual whose life will never be the same because of you. And if you focus on that one person, you know, like I would send a cassette tape out to somebody and I'd get an email thanking me saying, you have no idea on the day that I received your gift, such and such happened, some difficult thing happened and your gift gave me a belief in the universe again, in the goodness of life. And I think, you know what, if that's all I do for the rest of my life is touch that one person, I'm a happy camper. And so I guess, Dawn, I guess I want to say, let's, in all of us, let's be more focused on the personal interactions we have with one another and the kindness and the impact that we can have and less worried about the damn likes or dislikes or fans or friends or whatever. It's like, let's remember what really matters. I mean, that's what waking up in winter is all about. What really matters? Ugh, don't get me started. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Oh, oh thanks, Wendy. Um, oh, thanks, Julie. I don't know if I'm Louise's number one student or colleague, but I'm one of a grateful one and I love her very much. And, um, um, yeah, so Venice wants to know, how does one go about finding a good coach? Referral is always the best way. If you send an email to um, Cheryl at CherylRichardson.com asking for our coach referral list, I have a handful of coaches whose work I'm familiar with. I have a sister, Carrie, who's one of them. I know her work inside and out. I don't get a referral fee, but I, I can only recommend personally people whose work I know. And um, so I have a small group, but they're also, if you go to coachfederation.org, you can get a list of um, 
coaches. They have a coach referral service and you can plug in what it is you're looking for. And they've got a really great referral service. Interview three or four coaches. I think that's really important. Um, and then, you know, make sure you pick somebody who, um, make sure you pick somebody who just, you're so excited to work with. That's a good sign. It's like a good date. You know, you've got chemistry and you just can't wait to get started. That would be a good idea. Um, all right, let's see. Yes, yeah, Sally, if you're in limbo, you definitely want to reach, wake, you want to reach, you want to read Waking Up in Winter. That'll help for sure. That's like one of the big messages I get from people is, oh, I'm not alone and it's okay to be here. And it is. Um, okay, let's see. Um, Jamie says, hi, Cheryl. I'm very mindful about keeping a sense of balance of self and service. Do you have any suggestions or perhaps your own experience on this? I find I pull back from business to honor my health and well-being. Yeah, I think it's important to do both. And sometimes, Jamie, in the beginning, we actually have to pull away from service to focus on self in order to, like I would say the first year of my coaching 25 years ago, was completely focused, like I worked to pay the bills while I focused on getting my own act together and taking care of my own self-care. And um, as a result of that, I became a better coach and better in business. So um, sometimes you need to do that. And other times, like now, you know, sending out a gift to someone at random is a form of service. I coach a handful of people pro bono. That's a form of service but never at the cost of my self-care. So I make sure that there's a balance between the two. And sometimes, like right now, I have more space in my life to be of service and I'm, I've, I've worked hard for a lot of years and I've saved money and I'm financially able to do that. And I'm grateful for that. Um, but there's been times where I've had to lean more on the, the work part and the business part and give a little less, but what I do give, I try to make it really kick ass and good. So it is important. Um, sometimes you may need to pull back. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Um, okay. Anyway, um, Rachel says, lovely to see you, Cheryl. Hi, Rachel. I always, I see your posts all the time, sweetheart. I see your face and I just send you a virtual hug every time I see your name. Um, I'm in limbo now, lots of work changes, my business is soaring and finally finding balance as I've taken care of my elderly dog. Oh, my heart goes out to you with that. Such a noble and brave thing to be doing, taking care of an elderly pet family member. I still haven't moved though I really want to. I feel drawn to the desert town of Alice Springs. It's not logical, but it's a gorgeous place. Um, and I think it's about balance and courage. So Rachel, I guess what I'll say to you, take it, you know, take it or leave it. What I mean by that is, um, this is, and this is just sort of intuitively what comes to me right off the bat is, um, you're taking care of an elderly animal. You might need to stay put until that animal, um, you know, while you're caring for that animal in a familiar place. And when the animal, when your sweet dog passes, then it may be time for you to move. There's real uh, wisdom in um, sometimes recognizing that life is calling us to stay put and be present for what's in front of us. 
Um, like taking care of an aging parent's a good example of that and really engaging fully in that experience. Like when I look back on the loss of Poupon and the last two weeks of our life together, I'm so grateful that I was incredibly present, that I talked to him all the time, that I thanked him for our time together, that I, I let him know that I knew who he was, that he wasn't an, he wasn't just a cat. He was a spiritual being in my life. And, um, I didn't do anything else, but just really be present for that. And his, you know, putting him to rest in that way, very consciously and intentionally, as heartbreaking as it was, I don't have any regrets when I look back. And I'm glad that I had the space to do that. So, um, Rachel, you're going to move when the time is right for you to move, sweetheart. And I know you've wanted to do that for a while. You'll move when the time is right. And some part of you knows it's not right the right time yet. And when it is, Always go for the place that feels right, that is beautiful. This is what I know about you. It needs to have beauty. If it, if it feels like it's um, gorgeous, you know, we can't underestimate how the beauty of a place influences us. It gives us energy. It gives us courage. It gives us strength and power and um, intelligence. And um, you don't want to underestimate that. Uh, I don't know what it means about it not being logical, but you know, listen, sometimes you just can't be logical. Sometimes you can't be. It's just the way it is, you know? So I'm looking outside at the birds. I'm looking, there's all these birds. It's like, Rachel, go someplace beautiful. Tess wants to know what inspired you to do this weekly meeting. It feels good. And if it doesn't feel good, I won't do it anymore. <laughs> I love connecting with people. I love connecting with all of you. And um, that's the biggest thing I can say. Same thing with social media. I've had one rule. I don't post if I don't feel like it. I don't post out of obligation. Um, if, I don't, if I don't feel inspired to write a blog one week, I have 20 years worth of blogs. I rerun. I trust my intuition to pick one and I rerun it and trust that people will need that message. Um, I think it's really important that we stay true to us. And um, I love being able to communicate with people all over the world. And I love that, um, you know, whether 10 people join me here or a thousand people or 10,000 people, I know the people that are supposed to hear me and the people that I'm supposed to hear from show up. And it feels good. And when it doesn't feel good, I'll do something different. So that's a simple answer. Okay, I need to go. It's so much later than I typically do. <laughs> but um, it's been a while, so I thought I would. So remember, um, the, uh, the Illustrated Herbiary. I love this book. I'm, I, you know, I look forward to um, learning more about her. I'm going to go to her website, but it's a really, it's a beautiful book. And um, yeah, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. It's always so grateful that you're here with me. And I look forward to the next time, which will probably be next week. And in the meantime, have a great week. Let some of that wildness out. Think about the history that has informed you and has influenced the choices and decisions you make. Not only your direct personal history, but your ancestral lineage as well. Give some thought to that. Just let it simmer, percolate. And um, I will... See you soon, okay? Thanks so much, everybody. Lots of love. Bye.